Welcome to the Polaris PT Podcast. Join us as we dive into all aspects of health and wellness, from physical and mental to relationships and spirituality with leading experts and luminaries from a broad spectrum of specializations. I'm your host, Dr. Brig Woods, performance physical therapist and owner of Polaris PT and Wellness. On the podcast today, I have Jeremy Mudick. Jeremy is the founder and owner of Reconnect Mind Body and Reconnect Movement Systems. Jeremy began his health journey as a personal trainer and natural professional bodybuilder who battled over physical pain, stress, and anxiety. This took him down a path to better understand why our emotions dictate so much of our movement. His drive to understand why these daily pains and internal battles existed is what influenced his transition into human movement and biomechanics. Discovering how stress and the lack of awareness within that stress can create a dysfunction and disease led him in the realm of breathwork and cold water immersion. With his life-changing company motto, you are the cause, you are the cure, he works to remind all just how powerful we can be once we take ownership of our lives. He aims to build a community based around internal growth, humility, compassion, and empathy. <laughs> anyway, so, well, hey, th- thanks for coming down, man. Appreciate you being here. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you for so, having me. Yeah, so we, if we were just brief, I stopped you because, so Jeremy, spelled J-E-R-A-M-E, <laughs> And you surprised me when you said it was supposed to be Jerome. Okay. <laughs> Do tell. Yeah. The reason being, I, I truthfully not sure because my parents have no idea with their stories It never really, <laughs> they don't collaborate with one another, but, um, originally Jerome and, and all through school, every time someone would come in and I had to be called to the principal's office, which was fairly often because I was a class clown and, uh, it was Jerome Muddick. Okay. You, and everyone stood there looking around because they've been called Jeremy my whole life. Not Jeremy, but Jeremy. And so originally, I guess they, one of them wanted it to be Jeremy and the other one wanted it to be Jerome. And then one of them wanted it to be Jeremy. It's a very confusing. So what does your birth certificate say? It says Jerome. Jerome. Yeah, Jerome. And then who started calling you Jeremy? Uh, well, they, they, they tried to change it legally when I was going into first grade. Okay. So they just, I guess, decided it. they wanted it to be Jeremy after the first few days of life, I guess. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. My parents, they were, they were interesting individuals back then. So did it, get, did it get legally changed eventually? So, I, so actually, funny story. My mom tried changing it twice legally. Once when I was about six going into first grade. And then again when I was a teenager. And they sent it back both times, Jerome. Still very interesting. So then I was going to leave the country and go to the Bahamas. Dude, you're supposed to be Jerome. I know. That's like, it's no, like the universe has spoken. You are Jerome. (laughs) Supposed to be Jerome. Yeah. So, uh, yes, I went and got a a passport and I had to go and fill out the paperwork myself. And so I legally changed it to Jeremy. Okay. Yeah. So now it's officially Jeremy. And it's, is it, it's Muddick or Mutic? Mutic. Okay. So Jeremy Mutic, not, don't call him Jerome. Should (laughs) be your new nickname. Jeremy, don't call me Jerome Mutic. Dude. Okay. Yeah, I had no idea. I was like, because I was at, I was curious about the spelling of, of, of how you spell Jeremy. And okay, it makes more sense yeah, now that it's it supposed to be Jerome. <laughs> I like it. All right. So we had also had kind of had an interesting conversation in that a we have a mutual acquaintance mm-hmm. who knew you more as a personal trainer, mm-hmm. and that's sort of where you started, right? That's, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. So do you still you still have a gym? Yes. And do you still do personal training? Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Your gym's in Mesa, and is it just you now at that gym, or do you have other no. trainers? And so, so I, I did have a gym prior to that, and then um, right at the start of the lockdowns, yeah, uh, my girlfriend is opening up her gym. Oh, and so at that point, it was I 
basically sold my half of the company to my partner. And then I went in with my girlfriend on her gym to open up her place. Gotcha. And so it was really unfortunate timing, you know, but what we did is we just, we got the building and we went in there and it's on Wrecker and McKellips. And uh, we went in there, painted, fixed the lights, did all the things. And then the lockdowns happened the same weekend we were going to open. <laughs> So we just moved everything into our garage and told all of our all of our clientele, and they all came, which is pretty amazing. To the garage, the garage. So the, I like it. the entire lockdown, we never stopped. We well, because what the, the was the was the business owner going to stop you from using the building? Well, so what happened was they they made those rules right, like so many people together, yeah. blah blah blah, shut down the businesses, and so we tried opening up at one point and just trying to be secretive and then someone called the cops on us cops oh, came down yeah for real yeah they came down Dude. and and, uh, and we spoke to them and um i'm fairly educated on on the system of things and and our constitution and so i exchanged a good conversation with one of the men and the officer even took off his mask and his gloves and shook my hand and he apologized and wow. he said and he said look He's like, I have to do this because this is just how things are right now. But I respect everything that you guys are doing. And, uh, and, then, he, <laughs> and then he said, this is a private business. Next time you don't open your doors. And we're like, okay, that's good to know. Yeah. So, um, so he was like, yeah, next time we come, just don't, just don't open up to us. That's exactly right. That's what yeah. he said. Um, so anyway, yeah. So went into the, the facility with her. And now the gym is Empowered Lifestyle Training. And that's, that's her gym technically. Gotcha. And so I, I run my training business out of it. Okay. And then, so do you guys train fairly similarly? No. Okay. Not, not even close. <laughs> so what, yeah. so how are you guys, how are you guys different? So, uh, when I first got into training, I became a trainer about 13 years ago. Okay. Um, Katie was actually a client of mine and I trained her for a bodybuilding show. It's not a cliche. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm teasing, I, man. I like, you guys so are still together. That's, that's how we met officially, yeah, no, right? No, I know. I'm, I'm giving and, you crap, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we started with that and then we just became friends for a couple of years after that. Um, but, uh, um, what was the question you asked me? I was just asking how you guys' training styles were different. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, so so what happened was she wanted to get into personal training. So then I started making her basically my protege. And so for me, I learned from... Uh, a bodybuilder who learned from Charles Glass. I'm okay. sure familiar with him. And yeah. so everything about bodybuilding training was very specific and detail oriented. And so I brought that into her training as well. Sure. Which molded her into a very good trainer to, to see and to be able to recognize the things that were wrong. Right. Because right. there's no perfection, but you can at least can tell if something is incorrect. Yeah. And to teach the person what that feels like. So, so then she just dove into the personal training, started to make her own business of things. And um, so within that same scope, I ended up stemming away from bodybuilding because I, <laughs> I was big and I was in pain and I did it for years. And so I how did, big were you? Because what are you, well, how, how so big are you right now? I'm like 175 and I was 211. How tall are you? 5'9". Oh, yeah. you're a big boy. Yeah, I was, everything was double XL. Yeah, my legs were huge, and I only had a 30-inch waist, so it was pretty it Dude, was that's pretty funny. Cool. No, so I, I think I've told the story before on here, but my brother, who we were talking about, right? The guy mm -hmm. who used to work out with Jay. Yeah. He had to wear, so football, yeah. he was built for football. Dude had like an 18-and-a-half-inch neck. Oh so his like gosh. collars were like 18, 18-and-a-half, 19 inches. Yeah. And he, he was probably a 34-inch waist, 32-inch oh, wow. waist, Damn. but he wore 38s. Oh. So they'd get around his legs right. and his glutes <laughs> and then he'd wear 38s and they'd just sit on his, just rest on his glutes. Right. Dude, right. so you were 211, 5'9", 211, because you guys were similar size, but how, what percent body fat were you? When you uh, were so, yeah. what, what percent did you, here's a question, what did you walk around at and when you were show ready? 
So, okay, so I just run lean as is, right? right? So it, it took a lot for me to get to that size. We're talking, I'm sure, and I, and I wish I could exaggerate this, but eight whole meals a day. Yeah. Every two hours, I was eating like an absolute house. So were you natty? And yes, natty. Okay. And yeah. I, got, I got massive amounts of stretch yeah. marks because the growth came so right. quickly. This was 15 years ago, so yeah. I was only 19. Oh, geez. And yeah. so I went from just eating sporadically, never being good with nutrition, to diving in 100%. That's just... For me, if I find something that, if I do enough research and it makes sense to me, then I pretty much go all in to give it a shot. Yeah. So I did that with bodybuilding mm -hmm. and uh, I just blew up. I, I remember I, I started working out with my brother when I was in high school a little bit, you know, so I was 115 pounds in high school oh and I graduated gosh. at like a buck 35. Dude, I can't tell The last time I was 135, I was, no joke, I was 12. <laughs> I, know, I hear that all the time. I was a twig. I was an absolute twig. Yeah. And so, so. After high school, that's when I just kind of kept up a little bit, you know, but then I, I found bodybuilding and I found Kevin Lavroni and yeah. I saw his body and said, man, I would kill to look like that. He looks like, like the definition of the Hulk, but as a bodybuilder, like right. how he looked, you know, yeah. not, not overly done, but aesthetically pleasing. Sure. And so, uh, so I just started working out as much as I could. And I, I met a coach at the time and he just moved here from Texas and he was huge, yeah. you know? And so he was like 270, my same height. <laughs> so, 270 he was huge man like he was literally, like a giant Earth. giant balloon i know he was gigantic and uh so anyway um he starts training me we start working out together and i just blew up he just put me on this diet plan eat this and uh this is my buddy i just he's he, he's doing the bodybuilding thing oh, but nice. but he yeah. he's really going yeah, for that great. more old school classic yeah right i think i think things have changed a little bit right as mm-hmm as they've yeah, gotten I mean, away from that sort of old school classic. Yeah, absolutely. Look, but that's sort of what he's wanting to wanting to do. Yeah. But dude, so two eleven. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he looks great, man. So anyway, good but, poser too. Yeah, dude. So two eleven, and then now you're one seventy five. Yeah. Yep. So then I, I pretty much just transitioned out of the bodybuilding flow of things because I was in pain constantly. Sure. And I was slowing down and I started doing martial arts and which one did uh, you choose? I started out with Muay Thai. Okay. And right off the bat, the guys were like, let us train you for a fight because you're, Dude, you're long. You're, yeah. And I was really strong. Yeah. Like I was, I, I was really strong and I could yeah. hit really hard. And so I was like, okay, like that would be fun, you know? And yeah. Um, and then we started doing a little bit of jujitsu and I, I'm a terrible wrestler. I just couldn't quite grasp it, you know, and, uh -huh. um, I really enjoyed striking. And so that's when I was like, okay, so I'm gonna try some boxing too. So I oh, really cool. got for some boxing a little bit and, um, wasn't, didn't quite sit well with me either. Like boxing. Yeah. It just, just the flow, like nothing really made sense to me. You know, sure. none of it felt natural. Muay, did Muay Thai didn't feel natural either. Muay Thai felt forced. Oh, it felt okay. forced, you know? So like it, it had some, had it's good moments with me. Did you like, go to Capoeira then? Is that what happened? No, no. Okay. So, so I ended up uh, meeting a guy uh, actually a couple years later, and this is after I started to, to trim down because I started to go into functional movement. Yeah. And the more I got into more functional movement to stray away from just trying to get as big as possible and do right. powerlifting stuff was, was understanding human movement and how we're supposed to move. Right. And so I've always been fascinated with Kung Fu and to okay. see how the body can move and how we are able to counter these movements so well. Sure. There's a lot of rotations within every single position. Right. So that's when I started to really analyze human movement in general. Okay. And then I started to look into connective tissue and, sure. and the people who do the research and the, the studies on those as far as taking the bodies apart, like Thomas Myers and Robert Schleip. Right. And so those guys, that's when I started to really just, I became a sponge and I started yeah. to really go into it. And I said, 
I'm done bodybuilding at this point. I need to go into this to see what can happen, you know, yeah. like, see how the body can move. And then that's that, during that time frame of uncovering that, I met another guy and he taught me Kung Fu boxing and okay. Yeah. So it's a little bit different. So you're very, very snug. Like your hands are like literally on your head. Okay. And, and that is when things became, things started to click. Sure. Cause then what that taught me was the efficiency of movement in general, right? And how you don't have to, for example, we can only throw so hard. We can always sure. rotate more efficiently. Mm -hmm. So that's what he was teaching me. And he didn't realize that he was amazing with biomechanics because I mean, he's a freaking ex Shaolin monk, you know? So for right. him, he's just, he's just a badass no matter what, you know? Yeah. So for him, it's showing this is how you do this technique. And it just unlocked this, this way of this is, these are the pictures I'm seeing in these books of how the human body is supposed to move. Well, that's why and Mike Tyson can hit so dang hard. That's exactly right. I mean, there, did you, I don't know if you saw that video of him showing some UFC guys about how to throw a, a oh, hook. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Right? Yeah. And, and even like at 50 or 55, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Mike Tyson is like his rotational it. dude. I yeah. would no. Yeah. I, you, the force projection on that rotation is just, that's exactly why he can hit so hard. And that's why guys can hit home runs so consistently. Well, that's and, why Bo Jackson was so incredible. Ex exactly. I mean, yeah. Bo Jackson's a freak. Bo Jackson moves in a way like you'd have to work really hard to figure out how to move. Yes. The way Bo Jackson used to move. Yep. I mean, yep. and he did it without like lifting weight. It's just naturally for him. Right. Just like the Barry Sanders, or yeah. the, you know, so the, these guys that kind of just naturally already have it. Right. So that, that form of fighting, it, it taught me how to integrate these things. And it made so much sense where I'm thinking I'm, I'm actually expending less energy while doing this, but everything about it is faster and harder. How so, is that even possible? So here's a question I have, cause yeah, I, yeah. this is a, the, there's the great and any of you, uh, combat athletes or whatever, if anybody's listening to this, the great debate, right. Is uh -huh. which martial art is the best. Oh yeah. Right. And if Kung Fu, <laughs> right. Can Kung Fu, is that the same, same thing as, as, as Wing Chun? Uh, I think when, no, no, Wing Chun I, I, is I something different. The, I think, yeah, I think like you can tie it into the same idea okay. of martial arts. Yeah. So, you know, but the idea is like, I've seen a lot of like Kung Fu or Wing Chun practitioners, right. Who are mm -hmm. like supposedly the best or whatever, right, right. just get their crap handed to them of course. by, by yeah. a UFC mixed martial artist. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And they're both supposedly experts. Right. right? But so yeah. did you feel, I mean, this is just an interesting from the functional standpoint, the rotational standpoint, mm -hmm. did you ever actually put it into practical application? What you were learning? Like did I ever have to use it? Yeah. Or like, did you ever like compete in no. that arena no. with using that martial art versus nope. say, oh, okay, just curious. Nope. I mean, I will say that and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to bag on that. I no, just was no, curious no. what the, my, my always thing is, Hey, if you're going to learn something like that, right. Yes. Is it, is yeah. it for a practical application or is it purely for movement based, right? Yeah, yeah. Mindset and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I would say, um, when, when I first started to learn martial arts, it's because, you know, there was a lot of situations where you yeah, my dad taught me how to fight. You know, he taught me how to street fight. Like <laughs> yeah. you, you hit that dude in the throat, it's game over. Yeah. You know, and it's just one of those things. Of so every time I got into a fight, those which wasn't often, but, no, but the ones I did, punch him in the throat, yeah, kick I him mean, in the nuts. You you hit him in the spots where you know you're going to win because that's yeah. the whole idea, right? Yep. So there's no such thing as a fair fight. It's no. more along the lines of if you're in a fight, you need to not lose. Right? Yeah, the idea is to incapacitate somebody and yeah, get just, away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so there was a lot of fights where. Um, you know, a guy swings and I'm able to duck underneath him and, and grab him and bring him to the ground or something like that. Yeah. Like that's, that's great. But all that was, and that's was the like, idea of jujitsu. Exactly. Yeah. So those things, I, I feel like that's why I can't really say one style is better than the other. No. Cause everyone who's, who's a real diehard into those things, I'm sure will have their solid conviction into like, this is it. You and know? it's like most things that it's a 
con- amalgamation, like that's why a mixed martial, I, I would put my money on a mixed martial artist yeah. than just a pure Muay Thai kickboxer. It, right. And that would, that would go into, I, I think my, yeah. my argument on that is you would say if, if someone is uh, a kickboxer yeah. and then you're going to go against someone who's a wrestler, yeah. you know, it's, it's just one of those things where it's a totally different category. And if they fight even with their mixed martial art backgrounds, but they mainly have those as their staples, yep. I'm going to put all my money on the wrestler a hundred percent. Wait for one of those kicks and they're going down as long as he, as long as he can get in close enough, right. To get uh, a course. single or double leg, right? Of course. Yeah. But it, ju- just because of the dynamics of a wrestler, yeah. I'm not a wrestler, no. but I, I don't want to fight wrestlers. No, no. <laughs> no they're, they're pit bulls for the most part a hundred percent and they're they take pride in cauliflower they're crazy (laughs) by the way speaking of wrestlers and and mixed martial arts have you gotten a chance to meet he's nearby where you guys are at dan huber yeah he's been in my place oh okay yeah i walked into nice path i like dan yeah he's a a good guy high energy that guy dude he's yeah (laughs) high energy intense mindset Mm -hmm. he's yeah he's cool i used to go to his gym for about a year and a half oh yeah okay yeah nice he kicked me he's kicked me he kicked me harder than i've ever been kicked in my entire (laughs) he's a beast i almost tapped out after after he kicked me sparring (laughs) i told the story i I told the story like we were sparring and i just i you know still knew and he's he was like, hey, he's the guy who's closest to my size in the gym. Yeah. So we were going, and he was playing around, letting me do my thing and practice uh-huh. and stuff. And I threw a combo and wasn't anticipating on throwing this leg kick as hard as I threw it. Yeah. And it got him. And oh, he, okay. And he kind of goes, wait a just, second. He just goes, oh, like is this little light switch went, and he looked, okay, you want to play? <laughs> you want to play? And then just wham, 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 oh, right man. across my quad. <laughs> Like this, my vastus lateralis outside, and just boom, took me to the floor, and I was like, I couldn't walk the rest of the day. Oh man, dude, it was brutal. I believe that he's he's a tank too. And then he turned around, big teddy bear, and gave me a hug. I was like, dude, <laughs> did you enjoy that kick? Yes. <laughs> but anyway, so you started getting into martial arts and looking at how function, and then that guy showed you rotational and yes. Yeah, so that that was so I was already in the process of trying to learn about uh, just rotational patterns in the human body. Like, why is someone able to throw? for this many years beyond someone that can throw really hard for this short period of time. What is the difference there? And then you start to look at people that are muscling a movement versus people that are rotating efficiently through a movement, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing with runners. Like you look at Usain Bolt's career when he first got into there and he was becoming a big time and he was like 17th place. Yeah. And you look at his patterns and he's very straight up and down, just like the majority of the other runners. Now you look at him and the guy swivels like you wouldn't believe. I mean, his head ends up 100% in line with the front leg every time. Right. While he's completely rotated. And it's just that, like the amount of rotation this guy's happening, like this shock absorber flow thing. Yeah. No one else even comes close. Right. And so that's why he can just, he's slower at the beginning because you have to build up like you're, you're unwinding it basically. And then once it kicks on, just gone. Yeah. Gone. And so that's when I started to really why is it, why is not everyone trying to do those things? Why are the greatest wrestlers, the greatest basketball players, the greatest baseball players, the greatest football quarterback, all this, why do they all have these similar aspects to them and how they walk and how their swivel happens within their body? And you can look at, for example, LeBron James, and now yeah. he waddles so much side to side. That's why he's so dominant from side to side on defense. Like he can, like he used to, I don't watch basketball a whole lot anymore, but he could defense up with Tony Parker. Which right. is super fast. I never liked that guy, but he was quick, quick, quick. And yeah, he's a I don't point like guard. Either. But he could be right there with him. Yeah. And it's because he's so dominant laterally with his biomechanics. Sure. Someone like Usain Bolt would probably get smoked in that because he goes straight 
Right. It doesn't go side to side. Well, it's like, I, you know, I see CrossFit athletes and I'm like, you guys are strong and you've got motors, but most of you, let's, right. p- let's play one-on-one basketball. Yeah. Oh yeah. Be a my, broken and something my big or fat, but my, my big old Russian bear of a body, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take you to school. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Even though they're probably stronger, maybe faster in a, in a run straight ahead, but right. But not, not being able to move laterally right. or be able yeah. to some body awareness. Right. Mm-hmm. What's so, is there, is there a system? Is that, is that a specific system? Yeah. So, so the system that I, I learned the most from is functional patterns. Is that so, okay? Who's there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, it's going to drive me absolutely nuts. Go for it. There's a whole now. system of like training and moving and, and they always talk about like heel out, toe in. It's a. Have, there's two different ones that you're probably thinking of. Okay. So you have Gouda. Yes. Okay. And what's the other one? About. And the other one is. Uh, um, Maybe it's Gouda. Oh, I think no. it's Gouda. So they, they were partners at one point and then they split. Okay. Um, and his name is the company. Oh my gosh. It's driving me. What's the name of Gouda's company? Gouda. Gouda, G U D A? Uh, no, no, no. It's like. Try that. It, it might be it might be more like goat. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah. Oh goodness. He, he's like the rope flow guy. And but those dudes are like crazy. Like they're dogmatic. Yeah. And they're not even cool. Like they jump on. Like I got a buddy who uh-huh. is like the. Oh, it's that. I think it's that G O T A. Yep. Goda, that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's these guys. Um, They're all about inside ankle bone high. That's what you're talking about. What is it? Inside ankle bone high. Yes, that's, just, that's the same you're here. These guys, yeah, Goda natural movement. So, dude, I have a buddy who's like, he's in my in my mind, he's one of the best people for ACL recovery. Mm. If you had an ACL, he takes like he takes people who have failed. Mm. all ACL stuff and turns them around, puts them back together. Wow. Dude, he's the man. Like, and he knows exactly what he's doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But dude, he has some post after like, he'll put up stuff that he's doing with his patients and he'll show like he shows us, he's totally transparent about his process, but dude, he will have go to like warriors, go to keyboard warriors, jump uh-huh. on his stuff and try oh, to like really? pick fights about how, how, is, how what he's doing is hurting people and he's hurting the children and oh, like the, yeah. these youth athletes. And I'm going, what the, f- you guys, come on. <laughs> there's, there's other ways of like looking at human movement and yeah. you got a system yeah. that works for you, but, right. but this guy's doing real solid work with people and right. he's working with pro ath. He's doing it right. Yeah. And so yeah, but no, this Goda stuff is in yeah. So Goda, yeah. and then um, is this who you learned from? Is this the guy? No, 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 oh, okay. no, no. no. Um, it, th- those are just some of the ones that have uh, systems and yeah, systems that that are trying to improve human movement overall, and they're is, trying to base it off of the bows of the body, right? Yeah. Like, like if you freeze frame and the the curvature that uh-huh. goes from that that spiral line that wraps all the way to the inside arch basically. Right? Sure. So, which I get because which that is, that is yeah. a huge part. Well, and Cause of, we talk, I, t- I talk about fascial lines, right? With yeah. people and movement and like, yeah. I, I really like Kelly Sturette's mm-hmm. type of stuff and he's talking about shapes and archetypes and yeah, yeah just yeah. different ways of classifying the body. But right. So, so those systems are, uh, again, there's, there's a handful of them out there, right? Yeah. But so I learned the majority from functional patterns because it just made sense to me. Sure. And it, and it drew me in, with this curiosity of 
how are these people with scoliosis that looks absolutely impossible to fix and they could barely even jog and now they're sprinting and their spine is almost straight. Yeah. Never seen anyone else put such type of like those lengths of change within a year. Yeah. So I was completely encaptured by this. I need to learn that, you know? So I started to look into as much information as possible on that. And I started to apply it to myself. I didn't train with any of my clients yet because I was so unsure of it. I would never try and Hey, I'm learning this thing. I want to make you do all of it now. You know, so it's more along the lines of until I feel comfortable to fully understand it, to make sure you don't get hurt because it's a lot of dynamic movement and really, really slow angled positions of rotating your head and ribs and, and specific rotational patterns that could, if you don't know exactly how to engage the core or to load up the oblique the right way, you're going to make some sciatic freak out, you know, have or, you ever, or nerve impingement in their neck or something. Have you ever heard of Zach Couples? Uh, I have not. This, so this reminds me, he's a, he's a PT in Las Vegas. Hmm. Um, this sounds a lot like what Zach Couples does, similar stuff. Hmm. And then I don't know if you've ever heard of Postural Restoration Institute, PRI. Yes. Yeah, I think actually you and I talked about yeah, that. Yeah, so very similar kind of stuff, like mm-hmm. really specific yeah. movement, sort of weird torqued right. angles and, and breathing in addition yes. to what you're doing, right? Trying to get yep. diaphragm involved with, mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't know. I mean, since yeah. similar, but yeah. So functional systems, yeah. whatever. Let me see. Yeah, like yeah. this is, well, we'll watch it later, but Zach Couples, okay. if, if, if anybody's interested in this kind of stuff, uh, interesting guy. Yeah, I'll have to, we'll have to check him out. Um, yeah, so so that was kind of the... Uh, the flow of things that started to travel into the area of functional patterns to try and learn this stuff. But, um, to go through the certification process, I, I applied and, and this and that, but what I was doing was uh, long story short, they pretty much blacklisted me because I was combining systems and I was training powerlifters and bodybuilders and this and that. And I was posting videos of me working out and I would post some videos of doing their stuff and I would put hashtag functional patterns. And if I didn't do it every time, they pretty much got upset and they, basically said you'll never get accepted in any of our courses so i took it as a joke like okay yeah. sure and then it actually happened that way i applied every year for about three years straight multiple times throughout the year and got denied every single time wow <laughs> so i just said okay that's fine you know I, I i kept giving them credit you know because to me it's um the company itself um yeah. has has really good values and what they're trying to do and mm-hmm. and i see that and i align with that but the people who are behind it i don't have to align with them no you know, so that's that's kind of what it came down to and so that's where um I give them credit absolutely for blowing my mind with information and I still use those techniques till this day and they get we get tremendous results. Like we're talking folks that have come to me that have been in the hands of doctors and physical therapists for 10 plus years sure. and we change everything within 30 days. I don't know how it happens, but sometimes it just clicks. Yeah. And we do the right thing and it loads and we tax the nervous system enough to where we're like making this neuroplasticity just expand and reach and next thing you know they're what the hell? My back pain is completely gone. Yeah. A week later, still gone. A week later, still gone. Man, I can I can do this with no pain. I I just rode on a boat for for the whole weekend, which would normally put me bedridden for a couple of days. I feel great. I just went on a run this morning. Yeah. To hear those kind of stories, you just go, okay, it works. Yeah, it and, totally and, works. And it to- and that's the thing, right? Like, I there are a lot of there are a lot of physical therapists that are like, right. oh, I got my I got my DPT, I got my doctor in physical therapy. Mm-hmm. I don't have to like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about because he's an athletic trainer or he's a personal trainer or whatever. Right. Right, and right. I'm going, well, wait a second. This guy possibly knows something that I don't know. Right. 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 And just yeah. because I'm gonna sit, I'm not gonna sit back here and rest on my 
appeal to authority, right? Because I've right. got the, the doctorate or appeal yeah. to my education. Like this dude, if, if you're making those kinds of changes with people, then it's yeah. definitely worth looking at. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's a lot of physical therapists don't know how to help somebody get out of their movement hesitancy, right? right? Or they have right. a nervous system that perceives now because they've been in pain for so long right. that perceives right. everything as threatening and showing them, okay, hey, we can move in certain ways and it doesn't mean that we're getting hurt. we're hurting you. Let's let's teach your nervous system how to move again and how yeah, to yeah. say this is okay. I can move this way. It's fine. Yeah. And and a lot of times that's all it takes. Right. Yeah. And that 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 actually is is a perfect segue into what I was going to go into is um, is a lot of times we get stuck with the same decision making we do all the time. And if someone is in pain, they learn to like identify and associate everything with the pain. And this is where they end up getting stuck so often where they say, oh, well, this didn't work. This didn't work. This didn't work. So a lot of times they can't really put it on the doctor or the physical therapist Mm -hmm. because you have to look at the patient and everything else that they're doing and their habitual decisions each and every day. So a lot of times, yeah, there is really bad guidance. A lot of times. (laughs) Let's just be honest. This field is mixed with a lot of garbage. But there is also a lot of amazing information out there that gets misunderstood and it gets applied incorrectly and it doesn't get applied enough. And then it comes down to, I was going to say my segue is, is understanding the human emotion and that Mm -hmm. person understanding themselves. And this would be a good segue into reconnect my body, which we'll talk about. Well, absolutely, man. No, cause I was, yeah, it was, was, it sounds like, I mean, my ex, so like I said, I had no idea. I mean, I kind of knew you had a gym, Mm-hmm. But that was after I learned about the other piece Yeah, that like, I mean, you're doing breathing workshops, man. You're doing mindfulness stuff like, yeah. and to be real with you, like, and I kind of was told, cause I want to have Melissa come talk to me too. Cause I, the other day I was, I was like, anybody a Reiki healer? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Because here's the deal. My, and I'm going to be straight up transparent. My USC educated science only what I can research and quantify mm-hmm. brain <clears throat> calls BS. Oh, uh, yeah. You didn't touch me. You didn't do anything. Yeah. What, what makes you have the, <laughs> the Power Ranger Jedi mind power that can do something with energy, right? Right. Now, right. again, I say that as a fully, like, believing Christian who believes mm-hmm. in miracles and, right, right, right and right. laying on of hands and healing people. Yeah. And that spirit is matter and energy and energy right and that mm-hmm. there is all of that right so it's an interesting place to come from right where yeah. I, like, I can believe there's this whole like cognitive dissonance where yes i believe in all of this stuff yeah but then i also go wait a second can you really like my back hurts <laughs> right but then i was talking with uh my buddy ross benz who's a chiropractor mm-hmm. and and you know my brother sam we were he was listening to the thing yeah, and he's yeah. like dude ross ross kind of surprised you and what I go, happened? what do you mean? He goes, well, you guys were talking about Reiki and you were full on ready to pile on and have him call BS with you. And he was like, I love it. <laughs> he's like, and he's like, try new things. Right. And I was like, wow. Okay. If, if Ross is a guy that I think is super smart and mm-hmm. I respect a lot, like yeah. if he's like, all right, give it a shot. I'm like, okay, well maybe there's some, right. And so I'm not mm-hmm. a, like, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to except that there might be something that I don't understand and have to give it a go. Right. 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 And so like, that's what I told when I was talking to Melissa, I said, look, I'd love to have you come on and I'm going to tell you straight up. My goal is not to make you look stupid or to try to like Mm -hmm. gotcha. Right. Right. But 
I'm, I, I am going to approach it from the aspect of a questioning, opening question, open-minded questioning skeptic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. So like if knowing it's interesting though, knowing you and now learning more about you and where you came from, but also that you kind of have like gone all in mm-hmm. on the, on sort of what people would call the spiritual or mm-hmm. the woo-woo yes. aspect of fitness and health, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Like so, the woo-woo. <laughs> yeah, no, like I like, but even then, like I do some like what they would call woo-woo stuff, like, yeah. um, well, like I use we use we call physical therapy school. We learn it as muscle energy technique. Okay, right. So if somebody's SI joint has moved mm-hmm. and seems to be a little bit stuck, uh-huh. we will use antagonist muscles Mm -hmm. to pull that back around right right and i remember my professor going hey guys if you're ever talking with a doctor and he wants to know how you help somebody's si joint please don't say muscle energy technique he goes because muscle energy (laughs) technique conjures images of pyramids and incense for a physician (laughs) that makes sense he goes tell them that you use muscle activation and exercise to correct a pelvic obliquity Yep. So I get it. Like there are some that things. One word energy. Yeah. And there's some things also that I do that I'm like, dude, I can't, I can't tell you why that works. Yeah. Other than <clears throat> it works. That's right. And I'm sure. And just because, just because I don't have a scientific explanation for it mm-hmm. doesn't mean that there's not a scientific explanation for it. Right. If I showed somebody a, a, a FaceTime call in medieval Europe, mm-hmm. they'd burn me as a witch. <laughs> right. Right. Like if I showed you like that <laughs> yes. or yeah. like, like people sh- Europe. Yeah. Or yeah. like if I used Voxer yeah. right in front of somebody from like the old West, they would be Witchcraft, like, yeah, sure. they go, you're, 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 yeah, you're a witch. Yeah. Or right. Alien. Or, yeah. or how, why are you talking to the dead? That's yeah. the other, right. They'd be like, how, right. how's that spirit coming out of that box? Yeah. <laughs> so no, I get Solid it. point. Right. So again, so anyway, that, <laughs> that was all a long winded way to say I'm open to, I'm open to it. I love it. And, and so yeah, mind body. So, we talked about you able to tell them what mind body is. Most people don't know what mind body is. Mm-hmm. As far as reconnect goes, yeah, reconnect. Yep, yeah. So reconnect is uh, basically it's a place, a safe place for internal growth to help you find yourself. You know, so we utilize obviously the aspects of nature. So we have saunas and cold water and mm-hmm. red light therapy, compression therapy as well, but mainly the frequencies of the sun and cold water. And the power of the breath, though. Obviously, we talk about breath a lot. Yeah. And it's tattooed on my arm. So. Yeah. Well, and so what's interesting is, is, is it's really funny. You're seeing more and more people coming around to mm-hmm. breathing. Yep. Cold exposure. Yep. And sauna. Uh-huh. And sauna use. Early light exposure. That's right. Right? Mm-hmm. Low-angled light exposure. And, and I, think, I think it's doing nothing but helping you. But, 100%. But, dude, uh, Andrew Huberman. Mm-hmm. is like yep. huge huge on it and pushing this stuff yeah which only helps me <laughs> which only helps you also i don't know if you know we can talk more about it but there's another dr hunt she's in scottsdale i don't know enough about her and i don't um, want to like talk yeah i'm not sure talk out of school but we mm-hmm. can talk about that a little bit later okay. too that i think you'll find it fascinating okay and and that's another person that i'm contemplating trying to Get ask here. on here i just don't know if honestly i don't know if i would understand. Oh, I see. <laughs> so, like, okay. she, like she's talking about quantum physics. Oh, yes. Okay. And quarks and yeah, 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 yeah. She's like a Dr. Jack Cruz. I'm not like sure the beginning of like intelligence. Like, yeah, yeah. I got you. Yeah. No. So <laughs> beyond anyway. what we can measure. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, no. I mean, and, well, she's like, no, you can measure it. 
Oh, yeah, no, yeah, she's we no, as in you and I. Well, but she's no, she's she's fascinating. She's an interesting lady, and I'd be very. She gets a lot of hate online, mm. but she'd be an interesting person to hear out, especially yeah. since she's local here in the area. You have to look into her. But anyway, uh, back to can, I'm sorry, I keep derailing you, dude. My ADD okay. brain, my ADD yeah. brain is all over the place today. But back right. to reconnect mind body. Yes, yeah. So, um, so yes, all those elements that we use, right? But everyone would categorize this as biohacking, right? Or yeah. or holistic healing or naturalistic healing. I look more as it's a, it's a way for us to recognize stress within our body so we can stop disease from forming. Okay. You know, so my background of going into all this stuff was through Wim Hof. Mm-hmm. And Wim Hof, the Iceman, his biggest preach is that you can decide to be happy, strong, and healthy. You can heal yourself from the inside out. You can heal every aspect of your being. And so the more I dove into that, the more I started to see and read these stories of one person after the next that was... Crohn's disease, Lyme's disease, HIV, cancer, doesn't matter the stage, all recovering by doing these practices, being able to walk again, you know, reconnecting these neurons to fire within the connective tissue so the proprioceptors finally turn back on, being able to, to sweat on one side of their body again that's been, not been able to sweat for this many years, you know, all these amazing feats where you go, how? Dude, I'm not going to lie. Sounds like It sounds like Wim Hof is the Sorcerer Supreme living in Comitage, dude, from Doctor Strange. Like, this sounds like Doctor Strange, is. right? Because there's that, there's that scene where, where, what's his face? Uh, Benjamin Bratt's character, uh-huh. right? He's like, because he had that incomplete or complete spinal. Oh, yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah. I didn't do it with medicine, man. I did it with my mind. That's right. He's That's like, right. and I, I went to, to mountaintops and talked with sacred women. Yeah. There's only one place, right? <laughs> like, Kamataj. Kamataj. So yeah. Dr. Strange, right, goes to Kamataj and yep. then, like, becomes Dr. Strange. And that's she right. punches his astral body out of his physical body. Right. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously taking it to the absolute extreme. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, so this is kind of what unlocked it for me, you yeah. know, was, was seeing these stories one after the other and... And knowing that this person was, hey, you have six months to live. And now they're climbing a mountain in their shorts in the snow. And they're doing amazing. Yeah. And they're symptom free. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Symptom free. Where you go, how? You're like, what, how is what? this possible? Yeah. How many, how many, how many chickens did you sacrifice and blood did you rub <laughs> behind your ears, right? To like, yeah. well, I mean, you would think. Yeah. You what, know, deal did, to, what deal with the devil did you make? Yeah. No. Yeah. So, so that kind of unlocked this whole, uh, bit of me that has believed that there's always more to us. You know, I believe that God created this amazing being that we just have to unlock these things within ourselves. Yeah. And, and the world around do- us conditions us to believe that we are weak and we are fragile and that we need to be dependent upon everything around us, external validation, left and right. So I don't disagree with you. And this is, again, where, right, we talked about earlier my little bit of cognitive dissonance. Like, yeah. I, I don't, how I believe about myself and how I believe about people is that we are actually this whole mortal thing that we're doing here, Mm -hmm. this whole meat suit for lack of a better word, right? Is really just housing an infinite spirit. Yeah. That we are spiritual beings here on this mortal plane Mm -hmm. to have an experience, a mortal experience to learn and to grow. Yeah. And then we will continue to, progress right i love that like I that's agree. but that's who we are we are spiritual beings and we are far like yeah we are i mean without getting into too much of like religious stuff right, right. but like we are we're we're children of of, of divine of right. divinity right? right and so yeah. we have that spark of divinity right and spirituality within each of us yeah 100 so. percent agree and, and that that's where i think um the greatest growth comes from everything that's happening at reconnect mind body is 
you can say I'm healing all the time. I don't know if you've ever heard this phrase before, but it's like just saying that you're healing all the time leaves all this room to be able to attach to your pain because yeah. every single thing that you do, if, oh, I'm healing through it, I'm healing through it, I'm healing, and you hear that all the time, but the person remains stuck. And they get stuck within this, and I say struggle, because if you're stuck, it's not a battle, because you're not fighting back. You're, no. you're agreeing to associate with whatever that pain or trauma is. So with Reconnect, understanding what you just said, and I don't preach that to anyone, but they seem to find it there. Yeah. And it's because we, we teach you to look inside yourself for the answers because I believe they're all there. Everyone you seek will be inside. So we try and teach that. The more that you breathe and increase the awareness within yourself and the breath, like you experienced in the water with Melissa, yeah. she coached you through was exactly that. She tricked you, me, man. Yeah, <laughs> so, so what she did is she, she provided a safe space for you to do so, to right. look inside. And when, when you do that and you're embracing your own breath in such an extreme moment as the cold, Again, water is very healing for us as humans, just in general. Being in that, all those elements, you're able to fully tap in. And this is where Wim Hof talks so heavily about tapping into the center, you know, yeah. like, and he, and he preaches that, but he's, English isn't his first language. No. So, so he can't really go into the depths of what I'm trying to say to really have people understand that you're not thinking, you're only feeling. Hey, your body, you, like, your body goes, we're dying. That's right. We're dying, dude. We're no, dying. like like you jump in 33 degree water, your body goes, we're dying. Yeah. <laughs> so sympathetic nervous system, boom, norepinephrine, epinephrine, like Let's you're getting get the adrenaline pupils, pumping. pupils freaking <laughs> yeah. dilate, right? You're right. like, all right, we're, who either we got to fight somebody. Yeah. Right. Or we're running for our life. Right. Exactly. And, and then being able to marshal that with your yeah. breath and go, okay. So yeah, I get it. Putting you in that totally extreme this is dangerous this is dangerous this is dangerous and then yeah. making yourself go yeah. no slow it down and right. really get into get and you have to be like for me i i have to be like aware and of that and let it let it out let it go right. like the last time i went <laughs> i was actually because the first time i went i did about four and a half minutes in in, nice. in the ice right yeah yeah and but my toes Everything else sort of numbed out, but my toes still were freaking hurting. <laughs> and that's all I could think about was how bad my toes hurt. Okay. Okay. Right. And mm -hmm. so this next time, I don't know what I did. I think I did like six or so, uh -huh. but like this time I was like, no, I'm staying in here until my toes don't hurt. Okay. I was like, there's gotta be something. And just in my mind, I went, there's gotta be a reason the rest of my body mm -hmm. will is, is able to chill the out yeah right and just be there uh -huh. but there's got to be some reason why my toes are still bothering me yeah and i don't know what that is i don't know what emotional something is hiding out in my toes right yeah. but i was like i'm staying in here mm. and i'm gonna breathe and i'm gonna breathe i know dude i got i got i got real hippie with it and and Good, real <laughs> like but no i'm like i'm gonna breathe i'm gonna breathe fire there you go. Through my body into my toes. Yeah. I'm actually going to breathe. Like I, I just envisioned each of my toes. Mm -hmm. People who know me are going to laugh when they hear me talking like this. <laughs> but I was like, dude, I'm going to put like, I'm going to, I'm going to breathe onto each of those toes and it's going to be a candle. Like each toe yeah. is going to pop there up fire, like in a candle. And Good. dude, I finally, like when my toes finally stopped hurting, mm -hmm. I was like, all right, I'm ready to get out. Yeah. Like we can, we can do this now. Right. Yeah. And so, no, I'm a big, like, I, I don't know if I've told this story here, but my cousin, is is a world-class violinist oh wow, no. and when i say world-class violinist i mean world-class 
concert violinist, played at Carnegie Hall, wow. has played with the Israeli Philharmonic as a, as a like a with a four chair concerto. He was one of the chairs. He learned from Pink. Pinkus Zuckerman, if you know who that is, or mm. Itzhak Perlman, two of the greatest violinists ever wow. in the world. Um, he studied at the Manhattan School of Music, the Yale mm. Conservatory. He's now a tenured professor, but he tours the world. And he's, he's phenomenal. That's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. And he, though, for him, that's his passion. He plays six, eight hours a day when he was like learning and, and practicing mm. prior. Now, he went to Manhattan School of Music, the whole thing, got back. Anyway, right around the time he was like eight, 17 18 uh -huh. 18 he couldn't hold his violin or play his violin for f more than 15 minutes without oh, excruciating wow. wrist pain and hand pain oh, couldn't man. even hold violin yeah so they gave him to he went to all these doctors they're like you have carpal tunnel or tendonitis you got to stop playing for a while so he stopped mm -hmm. playing did a bunch of stuff couldn't still couldn't play they finally said he was going to go serve a, a, a church mission for the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints for two years in canada okay. they said don't touch a violin for two years and let's see what happens when you get back wow he didn't touch a violin for two years came back couldn't play for more than 15 minutes still still so he's freaking out so he reads this book called heal the heal the mind heal the body yeah yeah so he's reading this book he finds figures out he's got like total like suppressed and repressed anger mm. and like resentment towards his parents wow. interestingly enough do you know why because they let him go to manhattan at the age of like 14 or 15 oh, to study wow. music yeah. but didn't go but but went by himself oh, and yeah. lived in like an apartment in new york like near the school like where, a nightmare. yeah where like he he was maybe like on the third floor or something but like let's say the elevator opened up on the second floor the armenian gangsters are playing dice and drinking like right on that floor Terrible. right so like he was like great super great on one hand he's super grateful for the opportunity his parents allowed him to do and afforded him but on the same time he was pissed off that he had to go as a 14 year old kid to new york city all by himself yeah so he worked through that crap right yeah resolves that stuff fixes his relationship with his parents right Unre that he didn't even know he had a problem with yeah but fixes all that can play the violin again can play the violin Back to being a world-class violinist. Incredible. Yeah, so I get it. Like, like yeah. that was kind of my thought with, with my toes, right? Yeah. I was like, they're still bothering me. Let's yeah. see how long we can do this. we got to figure something out. Yeah. Right? And then my first time with Melissa, I think I told you. Did I tell you? But anyway, I'm sitting there, and she was just, like, talking me through it. She's awesome, by the way. Like, yeah, she's, she's the best. Sitting there, and we're going through this, and she's coaching me through my breathing, right? And I, it had been a particularly stressful couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Being a small business owner, you get that. Yeah. Dude, and she was like, all right, on this next breath in, breathe in, right? Oh, everything that you, all the things that you've been holding on to, all the things that are bothering you, she's like, just let it go. Right? And I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I'm like, just start just tear, yeah. just start ball she's like that's so great and i'm that's like amazing. no this sucks i'm like <laughs> i don't, don't want to like, cry <laughs> i don't want to cry in front of you i don't want to be this vulnerable with somebody i just met i'm <laughs> supposed to be this big strong right like yeah yeah big strong weightlifting athletic yeah. right dude yep. and yeah she broke me yeah man that that right there that is that's what that's what makes our our place different you know yeah. is is exactly that. That happens every single day, all day long. Well, because I sat, because I've sat in a nice bath. Yeah, I've been an athlete. 
I've played yeah. basketball. I've played baseball. I've been a swimmer, right? I've done yeah. all that stuff. And I've gone and sat in the training room, jumped in the whirlpool. Yeah. And it sucks. Right. Right? But like, dude, that's never happened. Right. Of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. The emotional aspect, the yeah. connection to spirit in that way. Yeah. You know, and that's that's why I developed the things this way is because that's how I healed myself was, um, like I said before, I, I believe that God gave us everything that we need to heal ourselves. And we, as long as we put him first, yeah. you know, and I, I walk by faith and not by sight. So I learned to trust this vessel that was created. And when I went in my second ice bath, first one wasn't that cold. So it was like in the fifties. So I was like, ah, that's not, that's not going to do it. Was that like during a Wim Hof something or another? <laughs> no, it was just, it oh, was, okay. so I discovered Wim Hof about, about six years ago. And that's when I started to just research as much as I could. And then I went, you know, did, did the horse trot thing, did an ice bath. And I was like, okay, I'm really relaxed. I felt really calm and I hate the cold. I'm like a 75 degrees outside. I'm yeah. still wearing sweatpants. That, right. was, that was my whole life. And, um, and I struggled with the cold in general. I always found it very uncomfortable and ran from that discomfort. Um, so I just hit this point where I, I needed, I needed to tap into the greater calling within myself. Cause I felt it all these years, but never wanted to listen, never wanted to go to it. And I knew like our motto is that reconnect my body is that you are the cause you are the cure. And so that just dawned on me right before I went into the water on my second ice bath, which was in December when it used to get cold in Arizona. So right. it was like in the forties outside and my ice was about 31, 32. Mm. And so I went in. And, and this was the crazy thing. So I went in, I have a collagen disorder. So at least my body inflamed all day long. So mm. I've been in pain since I was about 15 years old. And on top of that, I had plantar fasciitis for like eight months and I just couldn't get rid of it because I'm a movement coach. So I was like constantly doing things and, and I'm, and I just, yeah, exactly. You know? So, um, uh, so I went in believing that I was going to heal every single cell in my body because like I watched every interview of Wim that day, every single one that I could find on the internet, yeah. read every single article that I could find. I'm not even kidding. I spent from about 8 a.m. to about 1 p.m. doing this because I had the morning off. And so I was yeah. like, I'm just going to research. I need to, I need to know why this is happening. Well, that people. dude's like, he goes, if I feel like I'm getting sick, I just decide I'm not going to be sick and I breathe. And That's I exactly breathe, and right. I, and I breathe and I'm not sick. That's right. I'm and like, so that exact thing is what empowered me that, okay, if it comes down truly to the power of belief within that, then I'm going to, I'm going to go for it in that aspect. So I did. And I went into there and man, I, again, I hate the cold. It was freezing. Right. Yeah. And it was at nighttime under Oof. the stars, Oof. no lights on. I wanted to make it as uncomfortable as I possibly could. Well, but you also set yourself up to have a pretty remarkable spiritual experience. hundred percent. Yes. Like, like unknowingly you were like, <laughs> you didn't know you were doing that, but you did that. Exactly. It was in the dark at night. Stars, um, hopefully. Stars, freezing cold. Yes. Freezing cold water in underneath the stars. And, and actually the motivation of that is because there was one, I wish I could find the video. It's pretty old. I think of whim going at night to his, his little river thing. Like he goes inside this spot and cuts it out, but he's actually inside of like a shaft. It's really strange. So it's pitch black in there oh, and geez. they have to use like a little, uh, night vision one to film him. Bro. And that's I'm like, my, that's, that, that's, I'm getting a panic attack. Just thinking about being in a, in an ice covered shaft with, I, I can't get out of, Oh yeah. So, so I was like, okay, I can probably get as close to that as possible. Yeah. And, and so I did, and I was in there for seven minutes and 19 seconds and I came out a changed man. Yeah. No pain in my body at all. Yeah. And when I was in that water, I believed that I was actually using that inner fire you talked about and i was sending it through each portion of my body cleansing it of all inflammation and all things that no longer serve me and so i went through and i was hot in the water like yeah. i was legitimately hot yeah. i'm moving my hands and toes like i'm grabbing ice and just melting it in my hands and i'm thinking what did i just unlock 
what did I just, yeah. is this what they're unlocking with Wim Hof people? Like, yeah. how are they able to do this? And I'm doing it right now. I got to the point where I could just tell my vascular system pretty much had enough. My bones started to ache a little bit. So I said, okay, I'm going to get out. And I, I step out of the tub and I just walked to my grass and I just sat and I was scolding hot and I just focused on breathing and I just breathed. I did just some really, really slow, long exhales, like two or three breaths per minute. Yeah. And I sat there for about 15 minutes and my life has been changed ever since I haven't been sick. Really? I've been sick in over six years. Have you ever have you ever gone and checked out your was there was there testing to tell you had a college of that collagen disorder? <clears throat> like how did they come to the so, diagnosis that you had a So the so the way that the way it works is um you can go for diagnosis yeah. and a lot of times it's it's falsely identified. Um so it's called EDS and so I'm hypermobile in every oh, single airless, joint. Yeah. Airless, airless. Yep. And so my skin is like freaking gumby. Bro. Yeah, it's it's pretty gross. Yeah, no, it's not yeah. gross. You you are the, you got the you got the and, gumby, man. Yeah, and it's and I'm hypermobile okay. in every single joint. I used yeah. to feel that even when I was two eleven, I could put both feet behind my head. Yeah, but that's always scary for people like with that legit disorder, right? Because yeah. you gotta build up incredible levels of, of stability. Hundred percent. So that's why like being so strong was important for you. Yes. So being strong for one, and then also doing the the functional training because yeah. before, man, I, I'm not even kidding. I would reach for something and it could dislocate my shoulder. Yeah. It, it was that simple. Even when I was huge, didn't matter how much muscle I had, dislocation, boom, yeah. just like that. If I reach above my head and behind it, dislocate. Yeah. And so all those things that happened. Now I've been doing this connective tissue work and breath work and believing that I'm healing it, man. Like I've, I've never been so healthy in my entire life and I'm good at every single sport that I try yeah. and I'm pain free and I can jump higher than ever. And I can, I do all these things where I'm getting older, but I'm turning back time and unlocking my superhuman, I guess you could say. There's still a place for physical therapy. People still come see me. <laughs> <laughs> Not to take away from that. Obviously, it takes a lot of work. No, I know. Just yeah, to, I a lot of persistence. Yeah. There's still a place for us here. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, that's what kind of – that kind of dove into Reconnect Mind Body where um, just, to, just to keep the spiritual thing going that we're saying is that yeah. I, I took a nap one day. And within, it was a 15-minute cat nap that I take every single day at the same time. And a full vision came through of me walking in a building and – and I'm looking around and people are taking an ice bath going, oh, ah, doing some breathing and people are laying down in, in the saunas and this and that. And I walk through and I turn around and look at this girl at the front desk waving at me. And I'm like, what the heck's going on? And I looked out of my shirt and it says reconnect mind body with this crazy logo on it. Oh, wow. And then immediately the words came through the people will need healing. And then I woke up and I was just blown away at what I just I don't want to own another business. What am yeah. I doing? And I just started writing everything down. Man, the next day, so that was about 2 p.m. The next day, one of my clients in the morning, she goes, Jeremy, you need to open up one of those healing centers. And I said, what do you mean? She's like, you know, with like your ice baths and your breathing. I just got this weird feeling this morning that you need to open one of those. That Melissa? No. Oh, okay. Just, just my, my, client, my client, Angie. Yeah. And, she yeah. Did, and I just, and I goosebumps instantly. And I said, why would you say that? I don't know. I just woke up this morning. Like I needed to tell you that. And I tell her about my vision and she just Everybody know, starts freaking chest. out. What? Yeah. You know, so I just got to work after that. And then bam, here we are. Awesome. And now people are coming and and it's it's amazing, man. The impact is is what it's all about. You know, I don't care if I make five bucks off it, but if I'm saving and changing lives and if this is able to spread and become a, a worldwide thing where people are doing the same thing Wim Hof is doing is to, to empower each individual to take back their life. Yeah. So if we can do that. 
what it's all about. No, I think it's powerful. I think it's a powerful thing. And I think it works. Yeah. And I, I know I was joking earlier about there's still a place for physical therapy, <laughs> but like, no, I think it works really, really well hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, Absolutely. right. I think they, I think they go together they and do. I think physical therapy, like I, this has been one of my big complaints is that physical therapy for the longest time has passed off absolute bull crap mm-hmm. as skilled and even beneficial. Right. Like how I don't have anybody listening. How many people went to their physical therapist and, and had the ultrasound machine put on whatever was bothering them? Yeah. Doesn't do anything. Right. Ultrasound is meh. Right. Like it's a magic in my mind. It's the, it's the magic placebo wand, right? Like yeah. doesn't yeah. do anything for the most part. The, the level of STEM, like when people like, yeah, I went, I had STEM. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except for the fact that, like the tens that they're putting on is really just a pain modification, right? Right. There's right. nothing else to it other than like gate theory pain. Yep. Pain gate theory, right? Yeah. Where we're stimulating afferent neurons closer to the surface, yep. thereby shutting like that nerve pathway and and blocking off that pain signal for the short time that that's on, and maybe 20 minutes carry over afterward. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, like we were talking earlier about, like when I have my surgery, I'm going to be using the Mark Pro. Yeah. Which actually has science and and has a purpose and functioning and helping your lymphatic system, Mm -hmm. right? And using your muscles, your body to actually pump and decongest tissue and and help get you moving, right? Right. Better. And that in conjunction with compression and Mm -hmm. therapy, right? Right, right. Or compression and and even some ice Mm -hmm. therapy and things like that. And red light therapy even can be super beneficial. Mm -hmm. But if we stopped at that, I still would, my surgery probably wouldn't have been very good. Right. Right. right so right. then there's the, Hey, well, okay. So then I need to, then we talked about blood flow restriction, right? So yeah. basically hack biohacking or whatever, but using, yeah. using the body, right? Because when we do occlude and we do work out, we actually stimulate, we, we inhibit myostatin. Mm-hmm. We increase human growth hormone, mm-hmm. all of the things that our bodies use right. to create. Right. And yeah. then if you can add that mindset, spiritual aspect, Right. And some of that other, those other tools, right. Dude, you can make people super resilient. hundred percent. Not yeah. only physically, but mentally. Yeah. Right. Like there yeah. is something to be said. I think it's similar. I think it's a similar vein, like, like weightlifting mm-hmm. resistance training can be very much as beneficial as the ice bath. Right. And like mindset and, and mindset, and, yes, and yeah. being uncomfortable and mm-hmm. being comfortable and being uncomfortable and pushing past the limit. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah. no, I think they're both like, I think, I think this is something that's, I mean, I go, I, I'm coming in, I don't have the time to go much more than I'm doing, but I've been coming and seeing you guys once a yeah. week and yep. I may actually come by, try to get in before I go do my surgery. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Just because I know that like, if I've got sutures and stuff, they're not going to let me get in, yeah. get in the water not. for a while. Right. Yeah. Especially water that everybody's been getting in, even yeah, though I it's mean, ozoned. Right. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. even though it's clean, like yeah, they're like they're like don't get in a pool. That's dumb. Don't Open do, wound. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that. But yeah. but anyway. But no, man, that's awesome. Like thank you. It's a, it's a really cool. I think it's a cool thing you're doing. Thank you. And I think there's yeah. I think it's something that more people need. Yeah. Just now I went and I last time I went. I was trying to create some content for my page mm-hmm. yeah. and also to give you guys a, a pump and a boost. Probably not that you yeah, need you. that you need me. Cause I do. It's always appreciated. Everybody like that, that I follow is like, I'm going to reconnect my body. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, this is awesome. But yeah. you know, but for me, it's also a really great time to, and I love the reconnect like that idea because it's a great time for me to go leave my phone mm-hmm. and not have my phone with me. That's right for at least an hour to an hour and a half yeah and and disconnect 
disconnect from that BS right. and, and really reconnect with yourself me. yeah, and, and the world around me, which is the other reason why like, I, love, I, love, I love being like nature. Like, I think more people need to disconnect from this modern society that we have, yep. and we need to get reconnected to ourselves, to yep. who we are as spiritual beings rather than this. Right, we have to live in a material world, and, we, and materialism on some level is, is necessary, right? Yeah. But to get away from that, and do things like this. Yeah, I mean that was that was part of it too was to to bring nature to people because I mean being in the fitness industry for so long I could see it, you know. You you can you can almost look at someone and, and see that they need an EMF detox. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, "Man, just get out into nature for a day and I can guarantee you're going to feel better." Yeah. And then sometimes they do and they do. They come back and they look refreshed. Yeah. They actually look as if they they changed the, the cells inside their body to to be alive again. Like they boosted it just by being in nature. Well, we know the sun does that. One hundred percent, right? So and they, they got your outs- feet on the yeah, earth. Yeah, right? they they got outside. They got some yep. sun, right? They yep. did and away from all of the yeah the the Wi Fi. Realistically, it's that's why I wanted to reconnect the worst thing in there to be our Wi Fi, so we have internet. That's, right. That's that was my plan. But the worst thing in here. That's why there's so many plants. Like I want to have as many plants as possible on there. Sure. I'm trying to manage the ones that we have right now, but I want to get more and more and more. Where you're like literally in a freaking garden. Right. And that way, it's, you know. Yeah. To me, to me, that's the best we can do as far as being inside four walls. Well, right. And if you want people to be able to use their, right? Are you well? Because your wife will do. People don't. I've never connected to your guys's Wi-Fi. Oh, I mean, sometimes people do. We've had oh. folks that show up and they, they do some computer work, you know, while they're on compression. And I get it. You know, sometimes it's like yeah. their schedule's so crazy. At least, they're, at least they're there and then they're going to get in the water. And so I'll tell things, you what. You know? for, so for your next thing, yeah, if you, if you open up another location, uh-huh. behind each compression um, station yeah. or in the, if you create compression stations, uh-huh. have, a, have a LAN. A land jack. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that you don't actually have to use Wi-Fi. That's a great idea. So that if they want to use their computer, yeah. now their cell phone, don't. I mean, people just don't. I see. Yeah, yeah no, they, they're going to use their whatever, but they won't connect to your Wi-Fi. But if you want to use a computer, yeah. you got you to gotta, you gotta plug into the directly to the land. so you're not, if, you, if, if really like Wi-Fi signals really your thing, and yeah. all your computers can run off of a LAN, and yeah. so you don't actually have to have Wi-Fi. That's a really, really smart move <laughs> i'm not entirely sold on liver king but that is one thing that he <laughs> yeah oh yeah he's i don't know a whole lot about him. no it's yeah he's, he's, a, a, beast, whole, he's a whole nother thing man. Yeah. he's a whole nother thing but um but no i think and and yeah i mean it's funny anytime i go backpacking or i i try to if there is a lake or a mountain like a mm-hmm. lot of times if i'm in, in alpine settings i try to find a river or a lake or something and, and yeah and jump in and you find it interesting how how natural it is to be called to something like that, though. Well, yeah. So what's interesting is I was I had actually I've had this conversation. It's been a long time since I've actually thought about this, but you talking about this has brought it back up. Uh, mm-hmm. I used to think about this a lot. That as I mean, obviously we need we need water right mm-hmm. to live and to and to to drink, but we also just instinctively we're the most expensive homes. Yeah, they're at the beach. Right, yeah. they're they're yeah. on the water. Right, they're on a lake. Mm-hmm. They're on always a river. Yeah, right. Or they're up on a mountain, way up in the mountain. Yeah, right. Or they're way up in a mountain next to the lake. Yeah. And so there's something within us that 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 mountains. Yeah. And water calls to, and so I don't know what that's about. Yeah. Right. Other than the fact that there's something to it, there's a stillness associated with it. Right. And it allows us to get out of 
this city, right? Yeah, so. absolutely, man. And, and that's, again, you can look at just the elements of the earth, I guess, and try and bring that in. But um, not only is it natural for us as humans to want to be into nature, but how it, how it makes us feel, for yeah. one, you know, and, and the charge that we can get, you know, with balancing out our psyche and the actual current within our body just from being in nature. So it does make sense as to why it'd be the most expensive to live in those areas. Yeah. Because <laughs> whoever designed that knows that, I mean, uh, I've, I've worked with a couple of very, very wealthy people as far as in the personal training industry and, and they have, all of them have homes in the mountains. Of course they do. And by the oceans and yeah. by the lakes and stuff. And, and they know the value of those things. Absolutely. They do all these treatments for biohacking and stuff. And you just go, I get it. But I will say they don't put in the work usually as far as to be as healthy as possible. It's usually what the body wants to do. And that's to take the path of least resistance. Hundred you know? percent. Yeah. So that kind of, like how you were saying earlier, like to tie in all like, you know, therapy and, and fitness and all those things. Like you can't just do like what we do at reconnect my body and try and be the healthiest person ever. Like not you got to exercise. No. And you got to, you can't eat garbage. <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't eat garbage. You can't, you can't expect to do an ice bath and have an emotional release and have all your situations fixed and all your struggles and, and your battles to be one. It's not how it works because for one, it's a release, right? Mm -hmm. So learning to replace that is very important for one. And this is when it comes into exercise too, is learning that that is good for us and developing a good relationship with movement in general, you know? So you meet a lot of people that are on this side of things. And this is why, um, I still love fitness so much is because I'll never separate the two. People need to understand that reconnect in general is to reconnect to oneself, which is you should be able to run through the forest barefoot for at least a mile. I don't care who you are or the situation. These are people barefoot on. Yeah, I guess yeah, no, I, was, I was like, I was I'm like barefoot. Right now. No, 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 no. But I was looking. I know I wasn't checking to see if you're barefoot. I was looking to see what shoes you had on. Yeah. Oh, Vivo's all day long. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, well, I got, yeah. Which ones are those? Uh, these are the uh, Stealth 3. No, these aren't the Stealth 3s. These uh, are, the, those are the... Those are the Primus. Those Primus, are Primus yeah, lights. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah, I got this. I need to buy a new pair. Stealth 3s. But I can never... They're always sold out. They're always sold out. Yes, I know. I try and talk to him about it all the time. But <laughs> Yeah, Vivos. And then I might... There's a, I want to get a pair of Field Grounds. It's a newer one? Yeah, they're, they're not necessarily like athletic. Whereas I feel like a lot of Vivo... They do have some casual shoes. Yeah. But the Field Grounds are more geared towards casual. Oh, okay. And they look a lot like Vans. I feel like I've seen an ad on Instagram or something. Um, those are the... Oh, I see. But they have like these knit ones that look a lot like, like a Vans or a Converse yeah. high top. Uh -huh. And then your regular kind of run of the mill. And then they have the slip-ons. Nice. And so they actually wide, like they're wide uh -huh. front toes. That's yeah. Good. So uh, they're the barefoot... So they're barefoot, considered barefoot oh, shoes, good. right? Okay. So if we're looking here, I think they show a shot of the foot box. Oh, that's good. Yeah, but they fold up, put them in your pocket. Nice. Right, it's, and, and this is my and thing. This is this is my thing with the with the barefoot shoes. Yeah. I want to wear barefoot. I want to wear barefoot shoes with wide foot boxes that actually look good with the clothes I wear. <laughs> right. Right. And yeah. don't look like. The toe shoes. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They don't look like I. I have. I own hemp everything and drive a and drive a Volkswagen or buy, drive a Subaru. Yeah, hemp do, everything. Yeah, like. I know exactly what you mean. Do you know what I mean? Like I do. Yeah. I want to wear a pair of barefoot shoes that I can put on and I can. Yeah. Looks. I don't look stylish, stylish a lot, but way. but I want to look yeah. fashionable. I want to look good. I want yeah. to right. Mm -hmm. I don't want to look like I've got to wear Vibram five finger toe shoes everywhere, right? Right. Or even like Zero, they make some better ones, but still Zeros. I'm like very fitnessy, like yeah, yeah. 
right? Yep. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Yeah, I think Vivo's expanded quite a bit into that, but not, not to this extent. I actually, actually saw like, somebody wearing the Gobies, their boot. Oh, really? Like they're like kind of casual yeah, yeah. dress boots. So yeah. And they, yeah, they look, they look good. They look legit. So I might get nice. a pair of those. But yeah, Vivo, Vivo barefoot all the way. Vivo, send me, send me some shoes. <laughs> I can I can connect you. Yeah, thank you. Actually. Yeah, Vivo, Vivo, send me some shoes. I'll I'll promote those all day long. <laughs> but um, no, I think you're right. You really should be able to run, right? And I think that's, that's right. the other thing. Like people think, and this is a fitness in general. And I'm glad that people are out doing something. But you can't expect to go go crush a workout for 45 minutes or an hour, right? And then go sit down all day, right? And go, I still don't feel good. Yeah, you're gonna feel better by right. doing that hour workout. And I'm glad that people do. But mm-hmm. like you got to move still throughout the day. hundred percent. Right. And, and also like within that is to be aware of their positioning and within their breath. Mm-hmm. And then this is, this is one of the most important things that we teach there is to recognize your breath throughout the day. Yeah. So I want to talk about that real quick. Like not real quick. We can talk as long as we want and whatever mm-hmm. you got time for. Do you got time? Uh, yeah, we got, time. I don't know how much time you got. Yeah, we got some time. Okay. Um, so let's talk a little bit. We've talked a lot about the ice and stuff. We've talked mm-hmm. about those sort of things, but like, and and we have touched on the breathing, you know, slightly, here, yeah. yeah, here it's and there. At least. But yeah, the importance of it. But so you guys do like breathing classes. That's correct. Yeah. So talk me through that. Yeah. So uh, again, and that's learning. got really broad, right? But like, no, and I'm sure could, as yeah. we talk, I'll I'll be able to focus more of what I want to ask and know. Mm-hmm. But like, just sort of talk me through what your breathing classes and what that's all about. So uh, I'll give you a run through of typically how they are yeah. and then I can give you reasons why. Yeah. yeah. So typically it's uh, we start out with it being as slow as possible and I do as slow as possible learning to breathe only through the nose. I always start out every single class with sighs of relief because that's a moment of oh, letting go. Right? right. Usually when everyone comes into a class setting, it doesn't really matter the class. There's a bit of tension in the body and you can feel it. Yeah. There's always like this like. Oh, anticipation of what's going to happen. How well, can I'm nervous? I'm excited. Whatever that is. Don't want to look stupid, right? There's a whole group of strangers I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And how we're o- about to do this thing. Like, how yeah. open do I want to be? How vulnerable do I want? Right? I mean, right. There's a whole. There's a whole lot there. To there's unpack. a whole lot. Yes. No, no matter how trained the mind is, you typically will have your breath altered in that moment. So Dan Brule is someone that I think everyone should research as far as learning the breath. Okay. And I say that because he teaches every single type of variable of breath. He works with Navy SEALs. Um, he's Tony Robbins breath coach. He's, he gives you this different outlook on breath and what it is. Okay. And one of his famous quotes is that breath is not meant to be understood. It's meant to be felt. Mm. And so this is something I preach a lot within my classes because a lot of times, same thing with what our practices with the ice bath and the summons and stuff is that like you talked about within your scope of mindset is that you want to get really scientific with everything and you want to break it down. What that does is it eliminates your instincts to feel. Right. right. Because if you, if I took your eyes out and I, and I blocked your ears, you had to feel the energy within the space. Would you be able to do so? It'd be really hard unless you're training those things. Sure. Right. Cause you have to quiet those parts of the mind. Is that, so let me ask you just a quick question. Is that kind of that feeling? Are you talking about, I mean, you're talking about energy or whatever. Is that, that somebody's behind me, aren't they? Yes. Like think of it. Like if you could tap into every single proprioceptor within your body yeah. at will, not, not just it just happens yeah you know but to be able to feel each part of your back to go there's someone behind me yeah the, right? the, air, the air changed behind me somebody yes. so, like ever somebody's behind me that's exactly right somebody's watching me. so yeah so not only is that an actual energetic thing like just to pause on what i was saying real quick if someone is in a terrible mood yeah 
walks into a room, you, feel you almost instinctively look at them and go, what's wrong with that dude? Yeah. They don't even have to show a face, a position or anything. They can just walk into the room and you instinctively feel that there's something off. Yeah. Or you know when somebody's dangerous. Exactly. Like you, you don't know that person. You walk in and you're like, dude, that guy's a stone cold killer. Like I am. <laughs> yeah. You feel those things, yeah. right? There's or the so, opposite. There's something someone, wrong with that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Or you even feel the opposite. Like someone walks in and you just want to gravitate towards them. Yeah. This is actual energetic pull within ourselves and our hearts can project that. Like they have those meters to read those. Yeah. And I think Greg, I can't remember his last name. He says they can read up to 10 feet, but that's just as far as the meter can read. They yeah. don't know how far it goes. Right. So that alone tells you that if we're enhancing that awareness within ourselves, we can take back what nature tried to, to enhance within us, and that's our instincts to feel. Because right. if you're in nature, and I'm not saying this is going to be a realistic thing here, but and there's a tiger walking past you, yeah. you don't want it to know that you're afraid. Right. You want to be calm, and you want to be still, and you want no projection of energy to send to this lion to, to make it feel as if it's in danger. Right. So what we do with the breath at the beginning is the sigh of relief to let go of any of those anticipations, to let go of any of those expectations. Then after that, then we quiet the breath. And I allow everyone to close their mouth and I have them breathe as slow as they can through their nose. And so what this does is it starts to teach you that you should be breathing through your nose like 90 to 95% of the day. Right? So the more that we breathe through our mouth, the more that we keep ourselves in our sympathetic nervous system. The mm -hmm. more that we stress our brain out, the more that we, we tell our body that it's under attack, that the mouth isn't a filter, maybe through words, but yeah. <laughs> it's not a filter as far as bacteria and, and all the stuff that flies in. That's what the nose is for. So most people don't know how to breathe through their nose properly. So once you get them to do a sigh of relief, it gives them this, this sense of letting go within the whole body. And instantly, even if someone's nose is typically clogged, everyone in my class, 30 people plus, will all be breathing through their nose without any force. And you just go, interesting how that works, right? Yeah. So Dan Berlay talks about like the yawn and the sigh of relief and those things that they're not really understood. People try and put a definition on them that, well, these are the, the things that are happening. But you look at every single situation and a yawn will present itself at the most awkward times. Like just now. The guys, about, yeah, like right now. Like I, just, I just yawned. Yeah. We're talking deep, about it and for some reason. Deep I just, conversation. Yeah. You hear the word yawn. Maybe you want to yawn. You're about to, uh, you're in, about to shoot a gun. You can yawn. You're in the middle of something super exciting. Oh man, I'm just so excited. I don't know why I'm yawning or whatever. Yeah. It, or you're really tired and it, there's, it comes in all aspects of life. But what it tells you is that something is changing within us and we should feel whatever that change is. So I get them to breathe through the nose as slow as they can. And we build the connection from the deepest portions of the belly. So this is because we're the, this is where the best should come from, right? When you go into the water, it's going to make you breathe through your chest almost instinctively because mm -hmm. it's going to send you to your sympathetic nervous system. It's telling you to get the heck out, right? right. So you go for that... <gasps> And that's mm -hmm. typically not a good breath. That immediately says adrenaline pump, right? Yeah. So the more that we can get you to calm that breath and breathe through your belly where the inner fire is, and at this point, you can go into your parasympathetic faster. And there is a lot of situations where they say that, um, especially with something like the water or just any situation, it's really hard to transition from one to the other with such a, at such a rapid pace when you're under so much stress. But it just depends on the individual, you know, because we got, for myself, every day is different. So this is something I'll preach in my classes that with every day, a new experience is presented, which means the breath can be altered within you. So when you go into the ice bath on Monday, you might have a really tough time. It might take your breath away. You're heavy mouth breathing and you're struggling to get there. 45 seconds goes in and you're finally calm. You're feeling your body slowly start to let go. Two minute mark hits and you finally let go. Yeah. And now you're peaceful and now you're able to tap into yourself and truly feel every bit of blood flowing through your body. You can visualize all these things inside your head. You're allowing for true expression to come forward. But then the next day, 
You might go in there and just be in this deep connection rooted to yourself, feeling grounded, and you enter in the water and lose one breath. <sighs> yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And so that just tells you right there. So this I teach this in my breathwork class, classes is that learning to recognize that throughout the day is what will stop you from building up disease and illness is mm. because you can recognize stress when it's presented. Mm-hmm. You can feel it as if it's someone right behind you. Yeah. It becomes this increased awareness where you can say, I can literally breathe through this and let it go. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we say, let it go, but no one really knows what that is. The body right. doesn't know that it's a sensation that needs to be felt to truly let something go. It almost stresses you out more. When yeah. somebody's like, let it go, dude, let it go. A hundred percent. And you're like, I, I can't. Exactly. Because if we've never trained what that feels like, how the heck can we truly let it go? Yeah. So these are the kind of things that I teach in the classes that we start going through different types of breath, like whether it's building tension in the body and, oh, and letting it go. Yeah. Or someone who uh, maybe has a fear of using their voice or speaking their truth because life has told them they don't, they don't get to. Like mm-hmm. your words don't matter. Right. And that happens a lot, whether it was from being six years old or a 45 year old man, it doesn't matter. It happens. And sometimes it sticks and gets stuck within us. And we will shut off those areas of our mind to say, it, we don't deserve to have that. So within the breath, we can free ourselves of that. So there'll be a lot of breath where I have people use their voice and they'll, they'll just let it out. And you'll be surprised that some of the quietest people that come in there are almost yelling. Yeah. And you just, you, I feel for them where it's like, I get it. I was the same way 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I never really spoke my truth. And I used the breath to free myself of that because you realize that your power is in your Excel. That's when you speak. It's mm-hmm. on the Excel. So we do that. And we play sound bowls, you know, to help with the frequency of relaxation. And we have matching music to typically balance with the frequencies that we're playing. And so this just tends to, to relax the nervous system even more. And it can, and the bowls can bring out whatever frequency inside someone that is maybe out of whack, mm-hmm. right? So each part of the body can... Okay. It's, it's, it's amazing to see everyone, everyone hears that kind of stuff typically and thinks, oh, that's nonsense. That's voodoo. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm moderating my internal, yeah my internal monologue right now a little bit. <laughs> that's, I'm that's like, a- I'm like <laughs> frequency, sound balls. What the, f- Come yeah, on, man. So I'm going to give you the, the easiest example. Yeah. So I have taken the throat bowl frequency or I'll, we'll say 528 Hertz, which is typically like the heart bowl, right? That was, that's a very so, common one. So here's a lot the question. People. Are these all based off of like the Indian concept of a chakra? Basically, yes. Okay. And so, and so you can look at that and say, oh, it's nonsense. But then yeah. you have people that, for example, Thomas Myers, connective tissue expert, takes the human body apart, writing all these books, teaching people about it. He will openly say the chakra is just another map of the human body. Okay. Because it's stored energy within us, right? Sure. So I can play a heart bowl over someone and then you can just see them. Their hands are open wide. Chest is breathing nice and full. I'll go over someone and they will grab their chest in pain and discomfort. Hmm. And I'll watch them and I'll stay over them for another five to 10 seconds. And I can see What's how uncomfortable. So what it means is that the frequency within there, you could just say the chakra was blocked, right? That's an okay. easy way to put it. Sure. But basically it's the frequency is not, it's not accepting it. It's literally trying to fight. That means that there's an imbalance within themselves. And it typically is when I say, it's not a, I forgot what it was a destructive interference or whatever right like I mean, if I'm, I'm so again yeah, this is where I, this is where i go right i go to yeah, I, go, go I go to, I go to like physics that. right yeah, yeah, so yeah, like when ahead. you're hitting two frequencies right like mm-hmm. a harmonic or they come together and then they 
Yes. Right? This that's is exactly they're right. canceling each other out. So that's, they're like a flatlining. That's a hundred percent right. That's exactly what's happening. Okay. And so what this does is it causes an internal struggle within the person. And this is why, again, if I same thing with a throat ball, I'll see someone literally start to scratch at their throat and their breathing instantly changes. And before the breath was this. Oh, and they'll go like this. Hmm. Like they don't want to let it go. Hmm. And then I'll talk to that person afterwards and they'll say, what was the one you played? My throat was killing me. What was that? Yeah. And so I have to talk to them about whether they're just afraid to use their voice. And once I say those words, sometimes the tears just start flowing because they say, that's exactly right. Hmm. I'm, I'm afraid to speak my truth in my relationship or whatever that is. Or I, I can never talk to my mom the way I'm supposed to. And it's eating at me. So these, these are the things that breath work is designed to do. It's designed for you to, to free yourself of all those things that are stuck, that you have an option to choose whether something lives or stays. And so the more that we can enhance that awareness, we don't necessarily need breath work to do it. We can simply close our eyes, take a breath in, and tune in. Mm-hmm. Tune into the nothingness as you hold at the bottom of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, that's nature's breath, basically, in and out, hold at the bottom of nowhere, just for a moment. Yeah. That's typically where we sit with nothingness, and we can actually see how we feel and, and recognize it within ourselves so we can project it into our reality. Interesting. So, yeah, versus you know reacting. Yeah. Because you know, if, let's say, for example, yours was the throat, and it was closed off, and you're in my class, and you're afraid to let that oh, out, right? Yeah. And you're stopping yourself. And we talk afterwards, and, and, we, and I ask you a couple questions, and you end up opening up and sharing with me, and it comes down to, I just don't feel like my voice deserves to be heard, because that's what my dad told me my whole life. Yeah. And so I would say, okay, well, then know that your work is to just breathe through that. You don't have to relive the trauma. Because I don't want you to go back and experience the pain and, and learn to attach breath to the pain. You know, it's like, yeah. let it be transformative and learn to use your breath as the projection to release it. That way, every time someone talks about using their voice and speaking truth, you don't get triggered. Right. And you go, oh, yeah, because that's that important. Right. Because that happens. Yeah. And then people start responding to these things. And the next thing you know, it's just a simple reflection of oneself where I'm like, hey, I'm just I said one thing that that's your work. That's why you're so triggered. Yeah. It's not like I was coming at you. I was presenting an opportunity for growth. Yeah. And and yeah. And to look at it. So, yeah. No. Makes makes sense. Yeah. I mean, to look at it, a lot of times people look at stuff, you know, a different thing that I've kind of been through development course and things. Right. But like we around that right now that's that's how that's might be the story yeah, that yeah. that dude's told himself right that right. like i was never able like my voice didn't matter my parents said my voice didn't matter and if you went back maybe they actually didn't say that his voice didn't matter right they might have just said hey in this in this moment in this instance i'm sorry you're six years old your opinion actually doesn't carry a lot of weight yeah right yeah. and yeah. and i'm your father and i know what's best for you and so yep. whatever i know what you want yeah at this point doesn't really matter Yep. Like I get it, but this is going to be ultimately better for you. But they may have internalized that and told that story of like, my dad doesn't care about me or right, whatever. Yep. And if like they actually went back and looked at it and just weird what it was is a adult human said some words Yeah. that, a, that an adolescent human heard. Right. And then he's the one who put this whole thing to it. Right. And that's you, right. You just recognize that you're like, well, dude, he was just kind of being whatever he was being. And I yeah. don't mean, I have to think about it that way. Yeah. Right. And that's yep. something I, I get stuck into sometimes with people, right? Like mm-hmm. trying to assume generously and that most people are just well-intentioned. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. Like even if they're doing really something, the benefit of the doubt. even if they're doing something stupid, like and really crappy, <laughs> yeah. like you're like that dude just thinks he's doing the right thing. He's yeah. doing the best he can, just like me. So yep. why am I going to be so rough on him? Sometimes it's just lack of knowledge. Yeah, but yeah. no, that's an interesting thing with the the frequency thing. And obviously, yeah. my, my brain right now is trying to like dissect <laughs> figure it, it out. figure it out, and go why is that the case, right? But yeah. but it, it'd be interesting to see why or what you know how that. But so those people who like, for example, you say that to, and they go, yeah. holy crap, they have this epiphany. Yeah. The next time they come back, mm-hmm. do they have the same reaction so when that, you like play that frequency for them? So that, that's a great question. And this is why I say every day brings a different experience. It's because not every day you're going to have that same response. So sometimes they will come back and they'll say, yeah, I immediately got to work on this. I immediately went with myself and I prayed or I meditated or I did, did whatever that practice is for them. And, uh, or I went and worked out for three hours or something, yeah. you know, to, to free myself of what I felt like was a chain or a shackle, you know? And so once they go into that, then they might come back to the next class and just go, my breath is so open now when you did that. Like I felt, and like I said, sometimes you don't have to relive it. Sometimes you, you can literally just breathe it out. Yeah. And again, this is another quote from Dan Brule is that the heart, the heart can transform emotions. Like you can breathe in pain and exhale love, or you can breathe in love and exhale pain. Hmm. And, and then, and obviously this guy's worked with everyone under the sun all around the whole globe. So yeah. that to, to experience these things and to see it firsthand, you say to yourself, yeah, absolutely. We can, we can breathe these certain things in and breathe them out of our body as if it's just words being said, you know, and you can say, um, yeah, I forgive myself for that. But if you don't actually embrace it with the breath and, and to let the body feel what it's like to forgive, I can almost guarantee if, if you finally forgive yourself or someone else or something that's been stored in you for a long time, you're not just going to say it. No, you're, you're going to let it out through emotion, right? Yeah, you're going to feel, it. gonna feel your body releasing something that no longer serves you. Right. So that, that is where you could say, Every day brings a different experience. So some days you might have the courage to let those things go and recognize them within yourself and physically breathe them out of you. Or in other days you can't. Other days you feel defeated and you're like, it's just too heavy for me to face right now. But I can recognize that it's there. So I have had folks that have come into the classes to where they, they, do, they have the same struggle. I'll use one woman as an example. She had the same struggle about three weeks in a row. Then the fourth week, something finally happened. Yeah. And she was like, I literally saw nothing but light. Because before Mm. she kept seeing all the visualizations were at night and they were dark and it was this. So there was something where inside of her, she felt that she didn't deserve to have light inside of her. She didn't deserve to see the positive in things. She had to see the glass half empty. Sure. So once after a couple of classes, you know, maybe, maybe some message came through to her that this is, this is the work, right? And come class, I think it was, I want to say it was like class four or something. And she said, I was just free. I felt like I could breathe all the way through my body and I, I let go of every single bit of resistance that I could feel. And I was literally flying in my own head yeah. and I was staring into the sun and I'm just blown away. How did this happen to me? Yeah. And so I think to myself, like maybe that you just found this, this angle, right? Cause again, everyone's approach is different. There's not, there's not just one way to do these things. That's why there's so many different types of meditation and, and so many other forms of, of letting go. Right. Right. Um, and so for her, she just found the right way to release that from herself. And within one of those breaths, man, is sometimes it can be, I like the Wim Hof method in the breath, you know, where it's just fully and letting go. Yep. <sighs> sometimes that one will bring people to tears. Yeah. And, and to me, I'm thinking I've never felt tears in that breath. It's usually one where you're breathing into certain parts of the body to bring awareness and yeah. you're trying to, to understand how do I feel? 
literally when I breathe into my heart, what words come to mind? Right. Resentment, yeah. frustration, anger. Hmm. If those are the things that come to mind, I need to, I need to let that go by breathing in something else. Right. So filter in love. Yeah. Strength. You know, yeah. So, so those are the kind of things of of learning to recognize those, using the breath to release your body from it, sure, to, to free the mind. Because again, Dan Brule again, I'll quote him one last time. No, it's all good. A, he says, uh, like the mind heals the body, and the mind is healed through the breath. Sure. Okay. Yeah. No, it's an interesting thing. Like I, I did. Uh, so well, a couple questions. Well, yeah. So one, I did like a Wim Hof. Like I just looked at Wim Hof doing, taking somebody through like breathing yeah, on, yeah. on YouTube one time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. Right. But they were like doing it and then holding their breath for how long they could hold their breath for. Yeah. Right. And I don't know, I don't know what purpose that serves other than just to show you that I guess if you do your breathing yeah. right a certain way, you can change. And I held my breath for like over two minutes. Nice. Like with, with no air, you mean? Yeah. Like just, yeah. No breathing in, no breathing out. Yeah. Like for over two minutes, which yeah. is not supposed to be, right? Like, right, right. But but then I, I also kind of was like, I almost was like, because I, I, I got in this weird headspace, dude. My hands were all tingly, like yeah. felt like totally out of disconnected. And I was like, was I really breathing? Was I kind of like, did I pass out? <laughs> like, I don't. Yeah. And so I have no yeah. idea, right? But I was like, dude, I just held my breath for two hour, two minutes, like 45 <laughs> seconds. Like, this is wild, right? Right. But, um, <laughs> and so there's that, like, and then I have another buddy who there's a place where he's gone and done breathing classes, breath work or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, dude, this is like, he's like, I legit had the same experience that I had when I was on my ayahuasca, mm. like retreat in yeah, Costa Rica. Oh, okay. Is that, yeah. is that a similar type thing that you guys are the, doing? And that's just, it just depends on the breath work and, and yeah. what it's doing, you know? So those type of experiences, whether it's like mushrooms or ayahuasca, right? So it's a psychedelic trip. Have you done both um, or either? I have done both. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cause no, that, 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 that's fascinating to me as well. The research yeah. and what people are doing with that and how they're utilizing it for PTSD and, yeah. and connectivity and, and, um, right. drug and treatment resistant, yeah. um, depression and things like that. Yeah. But, but back to the, the breath work and, and how those experiences are similar in what you guys do. Yeah. So uh, if you look at it from, um, I guess if you want to look at it from a scientific standpoint, yeah, you're, or you're, not. you're jumping can, a lot however. of carbon dioxide, you know, yep. you're, you're doing these things that are going to make you pass out if you were standing up realistically. Right. Right. So if you, if you get to that point where so you're, you're dumping about to, CO2, right. Yeah. And then bring in, t- trying to bring in as much oxygen. Technically, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So is it breathing in more oxygen? Or are you just Not recycling really. the CO2 that you Basically. just, like, <laughs> like, I just, whoa, it's. <laughs> yeah. So, so what happens with that breath um, is that you're, you're giving yourself freedom to let go. Yeah. And again, don't look at it just from the, the side of what is happening, happening scientifically. What's happening physiologically. Yeah. Because yeah, then, no, I get it. Yeah. Because if you do that, then what you do is why do my hands feel this way? Exactly. Right. Why yeah. am I doing this? So let me give you an example. There's a, this is another, another yeah. member who came in and her hands lock up on, on the, every time we do like, for example, the Wim Hof breath. Okay. Um, if it's something where it's heavy mouth breathing, typically her hands lock up fully like full claws. Right. Yeah. And so I talked to her about it after the first time I saw it and she was just like, what's, what's happening? You know? So again, you can look at it like, okay, you're just releasing a lot of CO2. Your body's probably got really poor tolerance to it. You know, it's just freaking out a little bit or look at it from an emotional side. The hands are perfect signals of holding onto something. 
and not being willing to let go. Okay. One of my first business mentors told me to open up my hands and to live my life and my business in this fashion. Palms mm-hmm. facing up gives you more opportunity to receive. It allows you to to clean and wipe clean of your plate and fill it back up. Yep. You know, so I was like, man, I love that. You know, because then I can go in with looking at everything as an opportunity. Yeah. You know, I see, I see uh, what needs to be there versus the obstacle, right? So like, that's right. what I want. I'm not going to look at all the obstacles that are going to stop me from getting it. And so within that, I talked to her a little bit about letting go. And if there was something that was stuck and, and she shared a little bit, you know, I could tell she didn't want to share a whole lot. And so then what I did is I had her just go over to the, to the ice bath. And I said, we're just going to focus on breathing. And I want you to just visualize your heart. And I want you to visualize having the strength of letting go of one thing, just simply those words and nothing else. Man, I'm not even kidding. Within 20 seconds, her hands were completely relaxed in the water. She pulls out and goes, what just happened? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I said, that tells you that it was in your head. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't the, like the actual physiological, I'm releasing too much this and this is what's happening. No, it was her body saying, I'm not ready to let go of whatever this is. Sure. So once we got to that point now, for example, she came to class last night, hands wide open. Yeah. And then they started to lock up. And I'm not even kidding. I watched it and she just goes, oh, and her hands fell wide open again. Interesting. So there's a battle there, right? Yeah. She's it, fighting to let go. me, I, I hear, I mean, that's clearly a muscle cramp, right? Yeah. You, like, yeah I mean, it, she's clearly it like it. If you're locked up, like Fully. you're, you're Full clearly, like yeah, clearly yeah. cramping somewhere, right? Yep. And I go, muscle cramps happen for like two things. Mm-hmm. Dehydration. Yeah. And then either real or perceived exertion. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And yep. your nervous system is perceiving or actually experiencing real Right. Exertion. So then, yep. right. And I go, well, why, what on earth? Like, why yeah. does she perceive that as like a real exertion type thing? Right. Yeah. And then, and, and, and that's where like my <laughs> total framework. Right. 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 Comes into play and where yeah. I guess, oh, we've got to look at things probably from a different framework sometimes. Yeah. And that's why, right. Like I can't, I, I know I'm not going to help everybody. Right. Like right. there are people that I will, that I will see. And no matter what I do, mm-hmm. I won't be able to help them. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm a pretty, dang good therapist yeah like you know what i mean i'm not like but i'm above average i'm a pretty good therapist for sure yeah but i also recognize that there are some people that just and it, and it right. eats at me of course because i can't help them yeah but again another framework right and gotta yeah. know where to maybe hey give this a shot right give right. this a shot see how that goes and maybe mm-hmm. we do it in conjunction with this but no yeah that's fascinating that she like just talking to her about hey let this go right breathe this out yes yep and that's what happens and then boom and then it literally releases yeah it's pretty remarkable that's a fascinating it's a fascinating thing i know for me like after i've been there Mm -hmm. i feel way more relaxed i'm way more docile like i'm way less hostile yeah i'm way less amped up about all the stress that i've had right like good what i'm doing with my business what's you know not sometimes you know it's juggling balls right yeah like do you have kids I do not. Okay. So, right. But like uh, somebody explained it to me as like when you're running a small business or you're doing anything in life, mm-hmm. you're juggling balls. Yeah. Some are made of rubber. Some are made of glass. Mm. Right. And if I, you I agree and some of those, right. Some of those you can afford to drop from time to time mm-hmm. and they will bounce back. There are others like, so like your fitness, so to speak, or yeah. even, um, you know, relationships with say a friend. Yeah. But there are other relationships and other balls 
that you can't afford to drop. You can't afford to drop because they'll yeah, shatter right. and, and you can never replace them and they'll never be the same again. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so sometimes I get stressed out. Like sometimes I'm here putting in tons of work, right. To be able to provide and do some things for my family, but which also then if I'm saying yes to this and doing this, yeah. it also means a trade off. It right. means I didn't get to wake up my son this morning. Mm. Right. And I'm going to see him for f- an hour yeah. before he goes to bed tonight. Right. Right. right? Yeah. And so like, I get stressed out about like, okay, how much time, like, am I spending enough time here? Yeah. Am I doing this? Right. And all of this stuff. But I know like sometimes when I go, cause there's certain things that feel like they're glass yeah, and they're actually rubber. Mm. And, and sometimes, and I have, I generally after being there have a much better perspective on what really is, what, what can I afford to allow to sort of go for a little bit yeah and where do i really need to redirect right yeah. my, my time and energy and effort to yeah you know? yeah that, that's huge man so no it's a it's a big it's a big deal and people mm-hmm. and here's the thing i think what i like about you and this is is that not that you care but what i like about <laughs> this is that is that i think so much of fitness is a is is approached from an aesthetic yeah. And even not even yeah, an aesthetic and also like a functional ego driven place. Yeah, right. Like yeah, it really is. I want to look a certain way or I want to be able to lift this amount of weight. Yeah. Right. And very rarely is the fitness focused on the whole person. Yeah. Right. And being a, and being having a better mindset, better emotional state and, and how how good your body feels translates to basically creating a better house for this spirit to hang out in. Yeah. Like how you show up each day. Right. Yeah. And so I think that's a really interesting and an important way to approach this stuff. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, man. So where can people find you? Uh, they can find me right here, right now, since I'm in front of you. Yeah. No, but, kidding. but, and, and this will, and this will come out in a couple of weeks, so it's not going to come out like tomorrow, but, um, we got a couple other episodes that I got to release, but nice. Like, if people want to find you, find uh-huh. you on the socials, find you on the yeah. internet, find you at your ice palace, the ice palace, uh, the reconnect life.com. Okay. And our G or it's I, the reconnect, yeah, the, the reconnect life. Okay.com. And then also our Instagram is the reconnect life. Okay. Um, Gmail's the same. And then my personal, so is, the reconnect life at gmail.com. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then my personal is just my name, Jeremy Mutic. Okay. And then we'll put links to all that stuff in show notes, man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, if you're on my social media, you'll be able to find them as well. And dude, appreciate it. We're gonna yeah, we'll, we'll have to we'll we'll talk. We're gonna talk more. <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. All right, brother. Let me hit stop.